Welcome back to the Student of the Game podcast. I am your host, Tavares Ellis. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. I greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day and your busy evening by giving my podcast a listen. All right, so today on this episode here, right now, the Houston Texans, they are the only team in the NFL who has not hired their coach. The Philadelphia Eagles hired their coach today. We'll talk about that later on. But right now, the Houston Texans have not hired their coach. What are they waiting on? Come on now, we know they're not going to hire Eric B. Enemy. Come on now. I doubt it. So who are they waiting on? Are they waiting on the coach, the offensive coordinator for the Bills? I don't know. But I tell you what, if they're not going to hire B. Enemy, okay, all right, it, well, they barely wanted to even interview Eric B. Enemy, all right? Well, I have a list of coaches that I think the Houston Texans should take a look at. It may a lot of it may seem unorthodox, but remember this, people. Remember this. All right. Jack Easterby, how he became the director of personnel is very unorthodox. How many pastors you know and motivational speakers you know that are running football teams in charge of player personnel, in charge of, you know, they are overseeing roster decisions, free agency decisions, trade decisions, draft decisions, all of that. Eric Thomas, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, okay, David Goggins. These are like four or five of the greatest motivational speakers ever. They're not running a football team. Now, if I was to have a motivational speaker running my football team, Give me David Goggins, all right? No disrespect to the other ones. I love the other ones. I listen to all the other ones. But give me David Goggins. That would be my first choice. All right, but anyways. Okay, we want to talk about pastors? Okay, Um, how about T.D. Jakes? Okay, Kirk Franklin, Joel Osteen, Shirley Caesar. Okay, are, are they qualified to run teams? Are they? Creflo Dollar, are they qualified to run teams? Let me know. But anyways... My list is going to be, it's going to seem a little bit of unorthodox, but after you listen to it, you're going to be like, well, it's not unorthodox at all. All right. So, and, and as I listed the coaches, it's not in any particular ranking. Okay. Well, but one of the first um, coaches that I'm going to bring up on my list is coach Eric Taylor. We know coach Eric Taylor from Friday night lights people. (laughs) Okay. From Friday night lights. Coach Eric T- Friday Night Lights the series, okay? Coach Eric Taylor, he has that Jimmy Johnson type swagger to him, okay? Um, you know, he he can remind you of a little bit of a John Gruden a little bit with his persona, but it's his swagger, and he gets the results like Jimmy Johnson. You know, he's very relatable. You know, all the players who play for him, they love playing for Coach Eric Taylor, okay? Um, Coach Eric Taylor... Everywhere he goes, he's successful. You know, he's, if he's coaching Pop Warner, elementary, middle school, high school, college, he is successful. Okay. Um, we, 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 but we mostly remember him from his legendary coaching ring at, as the Dillon Panthers head coach. All right. And he led them to a couple championships. Even, okay, despite losing. His number, his star quarterback, Jason Street. Understand this, people. Jason Street was like 
Oh man, who's a good what's a good comparison? Jason Street was kind of like a young Aaron Rodgers. Okay? A young Aaron Rodgers, alright? He got hurt. He got hurt. He threw an interception. He tried to make a tackle. He went the wrong way. And then unfortunately he suffered a neck injury. Okay. Now the backup quarterback, Matt Saracen, a lot of people didn't believe in him. And sometimes we, we wonder whether or not if Coach Eric Taylor believed in him. But guess what? Whether if he believed in him or not, guess what? He coached that young man up, Matt Saracen, into leading the Dillon Panthers to the state championship. Matt Saracen, two different style quarterbacks. Then he's not a, the same type of quarterback as Jason Street. But guess what? He got the job done. Saracen was more like an Alex Smith. Like Alex Smith when he was with the Niners. Okay. Yeah, but led them to a championship. Got the two great great running backs in Tim Riggins and Smash Williams. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Coach Eric Taylor, he understands both sides of the ball. Okay. He delegates to his assistants, but he 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 um he appreciates the balance attack. He understands both sides of the ball. Um, and one of his great most best work came when he got ran out of Dillon. Okay, then they moved him to East Dillon, and East Dillon didn't. They didn't have a stadium. They didn't have a football field. They didn't even really have a football team. Okay. They had the worst equipment, the, 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 the worst uniforms. I mean, they did not have any of the best players because West Dillon, they was poaching players away by um, manipulating the address system using P.O. boxes that would allow um, players who should be going to West Dillon, where he was at, they was end up going to East Dillon, okay? But, um... He had a he had a quarterback, Vince Howard. Man, Vince Howard, he didn't start playing football until he was about almost 16 years old. Okay. And guess what? Kim and Coach Taylor made it to the state championship. Not the first year. They lost they only won one or two games their first year. But the next year, oh, they became a juggernaut. A juggernaut. And guess what? Everybody feared them. He was just there for two years. Okay. And then he also had a jack of all trades player, Luke Carey. Now, when I say jack of all trades, I don't mean like he was a master or none, but no, he was a master on running back. He was a master on quarterback, master, master on defense. Wherever you put this kid, he can play it. All right. And he was willing to give up his body for Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor, he dealt with a lot of obstacles in the front office with the um, with the boosters. You had Buddy Garrity, who's always being nosy and everything. Okay, you had Buddy Garrity and you had Joe McCoy. Joe McCoy, oh my goodness, Joe McCoy was all in the mix, and he was only there for like two years. All up in the mix, causing trouble, causing chaos with his agenda. Well, I think Coach Taylor would be able to handle a similar situation with the Houston Texans, with this whole thing with Cal McNair and Jack Easterby, with their agendas. All right. So I think Coach Taylor would be able to handle that. But the question is, would he be willing to handle that? You know what I'm saying? When, when, when you're Coach Eric Taylor, you know, you have a lot of teams that that he could go to 
when it, when openings come about. Outside of coaching Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt in his last th- three or four years, it's probably really not much for him to even look forward to because the Texans, they're not going to let him be able to bring in the personnel that he needs. So we can rule Coach Eric Taylor out because they probably won't call him. And if they call him, he probably would turn them down, which I could not, I can't blame him. Okay. Next on my list, I have Coach Boone. Coach Boone. Coach Boone. Coach T.C. Williams High School. You want to talk about chaos? Let me tell you something. Coach Boone. Coach T.C. Williams High School football. The first year where they decided to integrate the school. All right, you talk about chaos. They still won state championship. Okay, he has six offensive plays he calls. He keeps it plain and simple. But guess what, man? He is an offensive genius. He's Steve Walsh, Andy Reid level. Probably better than both. Okay, I mean he that he has a certain swagger about him, and then it gravitates to everyone else on the team even the coaches even the fans have swagger okay i mean that that's something that a lot of texans fans are lacking we do have fans who have swagger but most of them do not have swagger because they don't have that swagger to hold ownership accountable you can't have swagger and not hold ownership accountable that's why i'm saying it now when the day comes that houston texans fans hold their own the ownership accountable then their swagger would be developed. But see, Coach Boom, he's an offensive genius, like I said. He preaches to everyone to do their job. You know what? I take the back. The way he goes about his business, it reminds me of Bill Belichick, really. Because, hey, everybody, you do your job, okay? I don't need you going to go help this person out. You do your job. Not if it's going to mean you you uh, you got to vacate your job. You have to do your job, Okay. And, hey, his assistant, Bill Yost, I would hope that if he did come to the Houston Texans, he would bring his assistant, Bill Yost. I mean, Bill Yost, he reminds you of John Gruden, how he looks. But guess what? Oh, man, he is a defensive guru. Okay, he coached star linebackers Gary Bertier and Julius Campbell. Strong side, weak side. Oh, my goodness. Those two were ferocious, man ferocious you talking about that defense that was almost equivalent to having to having like having Lawrence Taylor and the late great Derek Thomas on it's your outside linebackers and they tell each other hey I'm throwing a party bro the location is at the quarterback meet me at the quarterback for drinks all right let's do this all right but you know I think um and this is a situation where I don't see. I don't think the Texans would even give Coach Boone a call, because you saw how long it took for them to give Eric Bieniemy a call, okay? Or Leslie Frazier, all right. Now they did call Jim Caldwell. I like that, but I mean, I know Jim Caldwell has been having some health problems. So, but I'm not sure what's going on with that. But you know, the Texans, you know, it on the outside looking in at it, it doesn't seem like they would want to give coach Boone a call but I think if they gave coach Boone a call I think coach Boone would probably take the job because as an African-American head coach a lot of times hey guess what you as a minority coach also 
you you're not afforded the opportunity to be turning down a head coaching job because see then people are going to say see we tried to hire you you turned this down you didn't want it you know but i think coach, coach boone like i say as bad as it is with the houston texans it's not as half as bad as it was when coach boone became the coach for, at tc williams all right you know racial tensions were very 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 high we still have racial tensions going on today in this world but it was very very high during that time but i think he would be able to i think he'll be able to achieve success and win ball games and run a successful unit despite the chaos and that's what you want you want a coach that's going to be able to handle chaos all right because and and i'm pretty sure in other at, at other franchises nfl franchises there's chaos but there's levels to it everyone's level of chaos is not like the houston texans all right they, they have great players and then they trade them away for peanuts all right yeah coach boone would be one of my first choices by the way all right okay let's see we we heard we 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 tried to um we heard that the texans were gonna call coach winters from the program but he refused to be interviewed by the texans because he does not like how they are treating their players and fans. But if you if you remember, Coach Winters, oh man, legendary NCAA football coach. Now he probably would have taken that Jacksonville Jaguars job because that would have been a perfect rebuilding opportunity to have plenty first round picks and plenty salary cap room. But you know, Urban Meyer got that gig, which he well well he deserves. But you know, Coach Winters, he you know he he coached. Um, Great collegiate running backs, Darnell Jefferson. You know, great quarterback, Joe Kane. Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Kane. Um, one of the best defensive ends ever in college football, Steve Latimer. Before steroids got to him, but he recovered from that. One of the best offensive linemen in college football ever, Bud Kaminsky. And one of the greatest linebackers ever in college football. Unfortunately, he got hurt, but the great Alvin Mack. When you get a chance, look up Alvin Mack highlights. This dude is ferocious, man. Like, he was Ray Lewis before Ray Lewis, okay? I mean, this dude here is phenomenal. There's, I mean, he reminds you of Ray Lewis out there. He reminds you of a perfect blend of Ray Lewis and Michael Singletary. And Dick Butkus all rolled in one. That's scary. That's scary. Ray Lewis, Michael Singletary, Dick Butkus rolled in one people mm -mm. you will not even you know what your offense wouldn't even run a play across the middle with alvin mack right there mm -mm. you want none of that but coach winters he declined to interview with the texans so i cannot blame him all right let's see another this right here is a duo of coaches um this is the o'shea brothers okay kevin o'shea and danny o'shea brothers Right, um, Danny O'Shea is the younger brother of Kevin O'Shea, and Danny O'Shea he doesn't have a lot of football experience, but Easterby doesn't have a lot of football experience either, neither, and he's running an NFL franchise. Now, Danny he's very very smart, very smart businessman, very crafty. He's very relatable to people, and he knows how to get the best out of people. All right, and his older brother Kevin O'Shea, legendary, legendary. You know, he he was high school, all state, all American, all collegiate, 
played in the NFL for two years, but got hurt. All right. But this dude, this guy here is well known, very respectable. He brings clout. He brings a swagger like no other outside of Coach Boone and Coach Eric Taylor. But this guy here brings a lot of swagger. I mean, he can coach. He can coach both ends of the ball. All right. Now, the O'Shea brothers, you know, they will be hiring them will be equivalent to bringing in. Will be bringing to bringing in the Harbaugh brothers, Jim and John Harbaugh. Now, it's one of those things. Okay, every franchise will not be able to handle that. Okay, the Harbaugh brothers. I mean, those got those 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 dudes. They can coach. They can coach their tails off. All right, but they want to win, and so the Houston Texans they will have to be committed to winning. When the if you get if you get the O'Shea brothers, okay, they don't care about all the politics and all that. They're trying to win football games. All right, so will that be a good ideal fit for the Texans? Ah, hmm. I don't think so, but I would love to see that. I would love to see that. And see, the O'Shea brothers, I mean, they, they're not going to have, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know what, Easterby can't be over roster decisions with the O'Shea brothers, okay? You know, okay, maybe Nick Casario, you can allow him to do his job, but the O'Shea brothers, listen, you know, it has to be the traditional relationship where the coaches are communicating with the general manager, not with the chaplain, okay? But they probably would decline an interview. You think they would decline? No, I don't know. Now, let's see, let's see. Now, here's an interesting choice. Um, How about Coach Klein? Coach Klein, any fans of Coach Klein? Coach Klein, yeah, he coached the legendary water boy. I mean, he turned a, a kid that was the water boy on the team to probably the greatest linebacker ever in college history. Over 60 sacks in one season. That's not a career, in one season, okay? I mean, this guy here, he had he didn't play football at all. You know, but somehow he picked up the game, and guess what? The coach was able to direct his anger and energy like like no other and to be able to do that that's that's talk i mean that's talk about being able to navigate people in the right direction oh my goodness that is like all world in that people coach klein and think about coach klein coach klein you know he gained his manhood back after what after coach read it stole all his plays and guess what now coach klein is back in his rhythm he is an offensive genius I mean, you think Sean McVay know his stuff. Oh, my goodness. Coach Klein knows everything, man. You know, I think Coach Klein is what Sean McVay could be like 30, 40 years from now. I'm saying that because of the age and that wealth of knowledge that Coach Klein has. Um, If this was Coach Klein prior to 1998, before he coached the Waterboy, I could see him. I could see the Texans going after him because he would be uh, a coach that probably wouldn't bark back at anything. He'll just roll with the flow. But now, since he got his manhood back, I don't think, uh, like Coach Klein, you know, he, he doesn't mind letting the people in the front office do their job. But when it interferes with the personnel on the field, yeah, because he has his manhood back, Coach Klein is not going to be having that, people. No, he is not going to be playing around like that. 
like the motivation that he can present with this defense. Oh my goodness. And guess what? The Texans have water boys. You know what? Who knows? The next water boy might be on the Houston Texans squad. Who knows? All right. Let's see. It's another coach. Who else do we have? Okay, we have Coach Porter. All right. Now, Coach Porter is a wild card here. All right. You might think, well, he played football, but he has no real coaching experience. And he's a juvenile counselor. So what would he know about coaching an NFL team? That's a good point. Valid point you make right there. But I raise your point with this. What would a team chaplain know about picking players to play football? Bam! (coughs) Exactly. Anything can happen, people. Anything can happen. Clearly, anything goes for the Texans. And here's the silver lining of that. Anything goes on the flip side of it. Okay, Porter took a group of misguided youth and turned them into football players. The Texans are a very misguided bunch right now. But they only stand a chance, but they stand a chance because Deshaun Watson is the quarterback. Okay, those are facts, people. All right, so Coach Porter, I think what he can bring, and people are familiar with him from the gridiron. They called his group the gridiron gang. And people are familiar with with Coach Coach Porter um, because those kids, they, you know, they were very misguided on the wrong path, and he got most of them on the right path. And most and the majority of them, they didn't play football prior to that, unless it was on Madden. Okay? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Hey, he made winners out of them. The Texans, right now, they are not winners. And since the Houston Texans, they do not possess a first round pick, you're going to need someone in there who can get the best out of every pick, out of every player. Okay? Coach Porter might be the guy for that. But now, Coach Porter, Porter, he doesn't take any ish. Okay? The stuff that's been going on in the Texas front office, hey, it's that would be a, a that would be a collision course right there. Okay? But it'll be interesting to see if they would give him a call for an interview. Okay? But if you coach Porter, who knows? He might wait for somebody else to give him a call. But as a minority coach, unfortunately, he doesn't have the luxury to just turn that position down if he's offered it. Okay. All right. Another one of my favorites is Coach Tony D'Amato. All right. I'm telling you, Coach D'Amato, any given Sunday, that's his philosophy. Doesn't matter who, who out there is playing. Doesn't matter who's the favorite, who's the underdog. Because he feels and believes that, hey, in order to win, you have to be able to crawl for that inch. It's a game of inches. You got to be willing to die for it. The man who's going to win the fight is the man who's willing to die. All right. He's all about team building. He reminds me of Bill Parcells. He's all about the process of team building. Okay. He coached the legendary quarterback Cap Rooney won multiple championships with him then developed then had faith in steaming Willie Beeman had so much faith in him that he moved from the Miami Sharks to to another team in Texas 
that was new. They came out around the same time the Texans did. The Texans, they had a chance to get Coach D'Amato, but they chose not to. Imagine if Derek Carr came up under Coach D'Amato. Imagine that. Would Coach D'Amato have even drafted Derek Carr? I mean, David Carr. No, I think he would have drafted Julius Peppers, number one. Because Julius Peppers would have been. Oh, man. Julius Peppers. He still would have did Julius Peppers things. But, oh, man. Coaching up. Playing up under Coach D'Amato. Oh, my goodness, man. He would have been like how Luther Shark LeVay was. Maybe even better. At least on that same level. But here's the thing. He has J.J. Watt. We have J.J. Watt here. Coach Demotic and guess what? I think J.J. Watt has at least three more, has three more years in his prime left under the right coaching and the right system. I really do. I believe that in Watt. Okay. And Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is better than Willie Beeman. I really do. Willie Beeman in year four was not putting up the same numbers as Deshaun Watson. So I think that's a big plus right there on the quarterback end. But I do, but Coach Demata, he's gonna want to get a Pro Bowl running back, okay? Similar to J Man, um, um, Julian Julian J Man Washington, Julian J Man Washington is a Hall of Famer. You know um, that dude there was a baller. You know he he, he reminds you of like of Ladanian Thomason, okay? So you need he he's gonna want a real good running back, a Pro Bowl caliber running back on his team. And when he has that recipe, oh, he wins championships. So you got to give it up to him. He wins championships. And I hope he would bring, if he would bring his um, defensive coordinator, Monte Monroe. I mean, Coach Monroe, man, Coach Monroe, shoot, man. Coach Monroe, man, he gets the best out of his defenses, man. And his speeches, oh, man. Y'all thought Dan Campbell got speeches. See, the thing about it, Dan Campbell's speeches may work for one game or two. Uh, Coach Monroe, his speeches work for multiple championships. So that's who you want in the Houston Texans. And I think when you have Coach D'Amato and defensive co- coordinator Coach Monroe, oh, man, that's a perfect recipe for success. But Coach D'Amato, he doesn't like to be controlled. He does not like that. So I think if he, if he, to, for him to even consider doing an interview, he would have to, what's what I'm looking for? Jack Easterby would have to be out because he would not put up with any of that mess. But he wouldn't take the job neither. So, all right. So, next coach we have, and I think this is probably the coach that they're probably going to go with. I really do. All right. Coach Kilmer. Many people have not heard from Coach Kilmer. Since Varsity Blues, man. He had the blues. All right. He had to go. Um, the thing about it with Coach Kilmer, he is the jackass of jackasses. But he gets results. I mean, he has, he, he, he in championships, he has double-digit st- high school state championships. Okay. I know it's high school, but, man, double, double digits. About like 10 and 11 of them. All right. <laughs> He's like the Bill Russell of high school football coaches. But see, he does and 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 see, Kilmer is very abusive and he does and he does not give a damn about the health of his players. He doesn't. He doesn't care about the health of his players. That would be a problem, of course, 
not caring about the health of your players. You know, he would, you know, he would, he would literally like wear his players out physically, mentally, and spiritually. Okay. But he gets results. He gets results. All right. Um, now, the thing about it with Coach Kilmer, he likes to be in control. He wouldn't put up with the whole Easterby and Cal McNair type thing. He wouldn't put up with him interfering with his personnel. I think if Cal McNair wanted a way to get rid of Easterby without being the villain, then Kilmer is the guy. Because you can deflect everything on Kilmer. Matter of fact, Kilmer will put it on himself. He'd be like, yeah, I made that decision. I made that call. You know, Kilmer, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Kilmer has so much villain in him that people will end up feeling bad for Jack Easterby. You know, Kilmer makes Thanos feel like a protagonist. All right. His players will rebel against him, but he still gets results. All right. He still win games. Um. But the, the thing about it is, is that it's one of those situations where it's, it's deeper than, you know, how the saying, the saying goes where the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Well, this dude here, I mean, this is like. So check this out. So in the Marvel Universe, eventually, you know, Dr. Doom is set up to be the next big bad villain Thanos level type villain right alright bringing in Kilmer how can I describe it okay bringing it in in coach Kilmer alright that would be equivalent to Marvel that would be equivalent to the Avengers calling up Thanos to work together to defeat Dr. Doom. In this situation, Kilmer would be Dr. Doom. So that means the Texans and fans and players would be joining forces with Cal McNair and Jack Easterby, aka the Thanos, in this situation, so they could take down Dr. Doom. So it's one of those things, how do they say, I, I'd rather roll with the devil that I know? But Kilmer is an open book. You're going to know what he's doing. He's trying to win games. But what makes him even more evil is that I don't think, you know, Deshaun Watson, if you bring in Kilmer, Deshaun Watson is is gone. Like, Kilmer would go out there and trade him. All right? Because we saw what Kilmer did to his running back, Wendell Brown, who's African-American. And Kilmer did not. Kilmer did not want him getting a lot of loading up on a lot of touchdowns, despite all the yards he got. You know, he did not, poor Wendell Brown, he did not get any double-digit touchdown seasons. And he had over 2,000 yards rushing in, um, each year for two years, two years straight. He got, pretty much he got all of his touchdowns by breaking runs longer than at least 30 yards because when they got into the red zone, either Kilmer wanted to pass the football or he wanted to get the ball to his fullback. But you got to give Kilmer credit, though. He knows quarterbacks. He knows his quarterbacks. Um, 
Kilmer. Um, well, Kilmer's quarter his his star quarterback he got hurt. Okay, what was his star quarterback name? Um, well, we know the backup name is Mox. We all know Mox came in and bought Lance Har Lance Harbor. Yeah, Lance Harbor, all American. So Kilmer had a similar situation, like um, Coach Eric Taylor had with uh, Jason Street. Street and Harbor, they both got hurt. And then guess what? Kilmer's backup, Mox. Oh, he came in, he did the thing. I mean, that situation was about as equivalent to like when Joe Montana got hurt. Then guess what? While he was hurt, Steve Young came in, boom, 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 putting up all pro numbers. And and Mox and Mox um, rebelled. He rebelled against Kilmer. He did. Kilmer didn't like it, but he kept him in because he was winning ball games. He had no choice. He had no other quarterback. So that pretty much concludes the list of quarterbacks we have. Oh, one, one, another notable choice that I brought up is Coach Grant Taylor from Face. From, um, you know, he faced the giant. He, you know, he faced a lot of giants. Okay, Coach Grant Taylor. He was he he faced a lot of giants. He's very mot He's a he's very motivational. Like when you get a chance, Google facing giants, and what's going to pull up is going to show Coach Grant Taylor using one of the best motivational tactics ever. Okay, in practice. Yeah, I, I'm not going to even explain it in details. You type in. Coach Grant Taylor facing Giants. Go to YouTube or Google. You'll see what I'm talking about. He is a master motivator. But see, the problem lies with 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 it is that Easterby is not is supposed to be known as a master motivator. So can you have two master motivators on the same team? Sounds like a big conflict of interest right there. All right. But I got you know rumor has it I got a report from my sources that. Coach Grant Taylor does not like the Texas mentality as an organization when, because it's not committed to winning. And you would think that being in the great state of Texas where football is, is the number one sport, you would think they would be a, a lot more committed to winning, but they're not. They rather, they don't mind being a losing team, but making money. And see, that's where the fans come in. You have to hold the ownership accountable. Stop spending your money, your dollars, and your time with a franchise that's not trying to win. It's one thing to put effort into and energy into winning, and you end up losing. Okay, we can live with that. But when you're not trying to win, no, that's not good. That's not cool. The Houston Texans, they're almost 20 years old as a franchise. They should have a Super Bowl. But I can't grant, I cannot blame Coach Grant Taylor for not wanting that job, not even coming to interview for it, or even doing a, a Zoom interview for it, a virtual interview. But with that being said, ultimately, people, I think the Texans, most likely the, the coach that they're going to hire is Coach Kilmer. Because, like I said, Coach Kilmer, he's the only coach that can make Cal McNair and Jack Easterby redeemable in the in the public eyes he is like he would he would make all of them look so redeemable that now we will lose Deshaun Watson but we was going to lose him anyway but when they trade Deshaun Watson all right having coach Kilmer there you know that's going to make people well it's not going to make people forget but 
Coach Kilmer is going to present so many other problems that's on a whole nother level than what is going on with Cal McNair and Jack Easterby. Watch. And I think that's the person that they're going to go with. Unfortunately, it's going to be Coach Kilmer. That's all I have for today. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, if there's any coaches that you believe that the Houston Texans should take a look at, hey, let me know. Then I could talk about it on the next episode, all right? Because I'm pretty sure there's some that I left out. And there's some that I left out because, you know, they sources say, hey, they, they don't want anything to do with the Texans. The, toxic, the toxicity over there is ridiculous. It's so toxic. All right. But once again, thank you all for listening. Student of the Game podcast. Please hit that like button, that subscribe button. And thank you all for listening. Peace out.